0: So the motto I live by is change is the only constant, but with change comes uncertainty. And boy, have we had a fair dose of uncertainty in the last two years, thanks to COVID-19. But looks like that uncertainty is here to stay. Now with the advent of COVID-19, the assumptions underlying everyone's businesses have suddenly become high uncertainty situations. Whether we plan for it or not, And as Winston Churchill said, never squander a crisis. So the question we are going to tackle on today's innovation moment is, what can leaders do differently to lead their teams towards growth in uncertain times? And joining me for this discussion are Rita McGrath and Ender King. Rita is widely recognized as a premier expert on leading innovation and growth during times of uncertainty. She's a best selling author with multiple publications. She is a sought after speaker and a longtime professor at Columbia Business School. Rita is also the co founder of Belize, a company focused on helping organizations go beyond innovation theater by developing uh, tools to implement the discovery driven growth approach. As a consultant to CEOs, Her work has had a lasting impact on the strategy and growth programs of fortune 500 companies worldwide also joining me today is enda king managing director at accenture our innovation lead for the northeast and he also leads our new york innovation team enda is a provocateur who cultivates innovators and architects growth fortunes for large fortune companies as a managing partner at what if which is a company that accenture acquired a few years ago Enda helps create innovation cultures across enterprise organizations. And before joining What If, Enda worked at award-winning innovation and advertising agencies where he fused consumer brand and commercial thinking to build iconic businesses. So Rita and Enda, welcome today. Rita, maybe I'd like to start by asking you the first question because, of course, you're on the innovation moment. So what does innovation mean to you, Rita?
1: I always define innovation as something new that creates value and make the distinction between innovation and invention and a lot of other things people get it confused with. And so the something new could be a new technology or a new product. It could also be a new way of working or a new business model, but something new that creates value.
0: Love it. That's my definition, Rita. Perfect. Uh, great minds think alike. Ender, what about you? What's your definition? Of
2: I I would agree with Rita, and I would build on that by saying I always say here that innovation it Should be as much of a, a verb as it is a noun, right? So it can be a thing, it can be a technology or a tool or a sort of a, a shiny new object, but it can as much be a way of showing up, a way of being, a way of behaving. And I think once we get both of those things right, is where we can have uh, most impact. And that's effectively what we do a lot of the time. At what if? Yeah.
0: Love it. Uh, that's that's awesome, Rita. I know the last two years we talked about, right? We are, we are in this March we're gonna enter the third year uh, of living life in a pandemic. How has the experience of the last two years been for you professionally and personally?
1: Well, professionally, obviously, like many people in my kind of work, it's meant a lot less travel. And interestingly, a lot more communication with people through these kinds of mechanisms, which in a weird way is surprisingly intimate. You know, if I'm giving a speech to 2000 people, I'm a tiny little figure on the stage. And what you're really watching is the jumbotrons, right? Uh, whereas in a this kind of setting, I can be right in your living room or, or your office or wherever you happen to be. So I think the nature of engagement with firms and clients has changed just physically. I think a second thing that's changed for me professionally is the content of what I'm being asked to weigh in on. So it used to be, give us a book give us a speech give us the you know the thing that's going to make our event kind of fun do a keynote and now it's a lot more how do we think about this what's an approach to dealing with uncertainty that we've had successfully explored what, you know how do we start making decisions when there's so much that's unknown so the content of what people are asking me to weigh in on is quite different as well
0: Kenda, you must be seeing a huge change, right, especially with the physical aspect of innovation. And I also uh, know that you just launched the Industry Innovation Hives at uh, the One Manhattan West office. So. How have things changed over the last few years for you, and not just professionally, but also personally? Gosh,
2: uh, so personally, I guess like most people, there's been ups and downs. So there's been new rituals, lost and found, uh, and there has been uh, some new behaviors adopted that are probably better for my body or for my diet or for so my way of being. But there's also been, you know, some challenges too that we've all had to, to work through. And you know, I think as we sort of now normalize or try to normalize around that, I'm going to try and take the best of what I've learned and and, and incorporate that forward for the future. You're right, professionally. I think as the leader of the New York Innovation Hub, it's been a really interesting time. We've just launched, as you said, our hives, we've just launched our new global showcase at One Manhattan West. And in a way, the timing was fortuitous because it gave us time as a team and as a hub to really sort of rethink well, what is our value and how can we best sort of bring innovation to our clients and to our own people in a way that leverages that environment, but also that's as much virtual as it is physical. And how can we sort of come back into a new space and a new environment uh, with a bit of a reset uh, around what that can, that can look like? And we're actively sort of building and innovating on that, if you like, for ourselves now as we go forward. So, in a way, it's been an it's been a it's a great excuse, if you like, to almost sort of uh, disrupt our. Ourselves. And I would say also what's been challenging, again, coming from somewhere like, like a what if, which prides itself on innovation cultures and having a very strong culture, you know, sort of the challenge to building that culture and to sustaining that and creating those moments in more virtual ways. Yeah, definitely, definitely a total t- order. But, you know, again, we're finding ways around that. We're looking to find moments of, let's call it fuel or energy for our people in new, new and different ways. So.
0: Yeah, and uh, you are kind of living that uh, with clients on a daily basis, with your teams on a daily basis. Rita, probably interact also on a daily basis because dealing with business leaders uh, at Columbia Business School. So what kind of challenges are you seeing that business leaders are facing today compared to before the pandemic?
1: Well, I think the big challenges... Uh... Many of them are things that now require thought that we were taking for granted before. So, you know, who's going to be in the office? What days are we going to be working? Can I count on people assembling for a meeting? You know, routines, standard routines. I mean, if I had said to many companies that I work with two years ago, could you envision a world where your entire customer support infrastructure was distributed working from home and connected digitally and they would have said that's impossible you know or if they had acknowledged it might be possible it would have been a multi-year effort and most of the companies I know pulled it off in a question of two to three months, I and mean, they made the impossible happen. And so, on the one hand, I think it's opened people's eyes to the promise of how well people can do when facing a dramatic challenge. But it's also caused them to have to question a lot of taking for granted assumptions about what work is, how it gets done, who's you know in the room, as it were. So that's one whole set of how we're working challenges that I think a lot of a lot of clients are still really struggling with. You know, I think a fair number were sort of, okay, we'll do this for now. But when this is all behind us, you know, we're going to go back to the used to work. And I think what we're starting to realize is that not an option, right? Strategically, I think a lot of the big questions are, you know, where is value going to come from? How are people going to relate to each other? Where can I have the biggest impact? Where, you know, where is value being created? Where is it being destroyed? Because a lot of old business models that depended on the carefree association of human beings with one another, they're irrevocably changed in my view. And so this kind of questioning of what is this strange new world we're going into, and we can't just sleepwalk our way into it. We have to be much more deliberate.
0: And that also changes for leaders, the way in which they Uh, manage their teams, the way in which they inspire, the way in which they motivate. And so to that point, what is it that you think leaders need to do differently in this new world? And how is it that they can motivate their teams, inspire them towards growth in these uncertain times?
1: One of the most important things, and one of the easiest things when you think about it for leaders to do is something I call absorbing uncertainty for their people. And let me tell a story that sort of brings this to life. I was observing the team producing a new product in the insurance business, and in the insurance industry, it's regulated state by state. So how many states you can launch in on your launch day is really dictated by the uh, statewide regulatory bodies. And so we got the project manager, who's the leader in this case, talking to the operations guy who's responsible for making this happen. And the project leader saying, are you ready? Are you ready for the launch? And the operations guy's like, I don't know, you know maybe not. And we're getting nowhere in this conversation. So I sort of pulled the project manager aside and I said, well, why don't you tell him how many states you expect him to be ready for? And he looks at me and he says, well, I don't know. And I said, yeah, you don't know, but he doesn't know either. (laughs) And if you don't absorb that uncertainty, right, you're in a much better position to be wrong than he is. If he says he's ready and then it turns out some crazy number of states say, go ahead, right, then he's going to be the one that looks foolish. If you go to him and just tell him how many states you expect, then he knows what to do. He said, all right, well, I'm getting nowhere with these things as they are. So we went back to his operations person and he said, look, what if I told you I I, I anticipate 15 states being ready to launch on our official launch day? And the change in the room was just electrifying. The operations guy was like, oh, 15, we can absolutely do 15. I could probably do as many as 20 if we use resources. I mean, it was just now he had clarity and he could get on with it, right? So here's where I think a lot of leaders don't pay enough attention, which is you as the leader can afford to be wrong a lot more than the people reporting to you. And so you have to have the courage to say, for now, here are the assumptions I expect you to operate under. And it may change next week, you know, under uncertain times, nothing stays the same. So it may change next week, but for now, operate to that. And if it doesn't work out the way we expected, because something weird happens in the world, you're not at fault. That's not a failure. You did we all agreed these were sensible assumptions and we're going to move forward on that basis. So a couple of specific ways of absorbing uncertainty. Make your assumptions clear. What are my operating assumptions today, tomorrow, next week? second is try to connect it to some kind of specific plan so that people are clear like what the next step is and the step after that and, and so and i think that really goes a long way towards lifting this paralyzing uncertainty from people's
2: yeah i love that uh rita and it, it makes me think you know for a lot of uh, innovators in particular you know before the pandemic a lot of them were building uncertainty into their thinking or their how they went about strategy, even if they weren't quite so explicit about it. And it does feel now like that actually is a leadership trait or style and approach to strategy that is required of every leader, no matter what function or, or area of responsibility. So do you think we we often talked about taking more of an adaptive approach to strategy, right?